0: I hope if nothing else, after you guys allowing me to be up here and share what God has put on my heart, that even if it turns into nothing else, I hope when it's over that you at least can join me in praising God and what He's done in my life and the changes He's making in my life because um, it has been rewarding, but let's see here. We are in chapter 11, 223. We can go ahead and open there if you'd like but we're not going to get there. Um, when when I was asked to do this months ago, I did. I went right to the book, chapter 11. We were still like in chapter 6, yeah, I think so. So, chapter 6, and I went right to the book. I went home, and my daily devotionals and, and my quiet time went to chapter 11. And I read a section. I studied it, and I wrote other, other scriptures out, and I was really diving in. In fact, it wasn't too long. A month or so later, I sat with the pastor, and like, hey, this is kind of what I've got going so far, and I was prepared just to go through the chapter and fill in the blanks and discuss it. I honestly had no idea that God was going to put other things to talk about on my my heart and that I had no idea that I would feel so strongly about what I shared with you last week and what I want to share tonight with you before even getting to this book. I feel like we needed to discuss a few things to tee up chapter 11 because Money's a regular, th- not so regular, but money is a thing that churches talk about. And, and there's different reasons to have giving uh, offerings and giving pushes for like new buildings and stuff like that. And, and there's reasons to talk about money, but I do honestly feel like we just put it over here and we talk about it when we need to. And we don't, we, don't, we, we focus on a lot of other aspects of our, our walk with Christ, but we, we really keep money over here. And if we had our way with chapter 11, we'd go through the blanks and we'd talk about some giving and we'd talk about the blessings of giving and we'd talk about the, the scripture that says we're supposed to give and not only our tithe, but offerings and beyond that. And we'd be done. In two weeks, we'd be done, maybe less. But I, I believe very strongly it's a much bigger heart matter than just one chapter. And so... For all of you out there and those who might check in online at some some given point i just want to remind you this is my second time ever standing up here and doing this so please forgive me i don't i don't have any standard format or 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 the skills to keep it under certain time frames so if you would just uh, forgive me and bear with me on that Uh, i'd love to love to share with you the things that god has put on my heart Uh, those of you who know me once you get this, once you get my heart talking about God, I get excited and it's hard to get me to stop. It's hard to get me to stop. And sometimes I get long-winded and and, maybe repeat myself, but it's only because it's really important to me and uh, hopefully to you as well. Just a quick review of last week. I think most everybody was here last week. We might have a couple new visitors, but last week, real quick, I just want to Remind ourselves that we talked about relationships being important to God, that everything everything with God is about relationships. He, everything He created uh, and everything that He is is about relationships. Not only, our, most importantly, our relationship with Him, but we have relationships with everything else around us on this earth. And I really hope that in the last week you guys took some time, uh, for, for those who heard last week, you took some time to maybe evaluate that in your quiet time. Not, most importantly, what does your relationship with God look like and the health of that? But what is, what are the things, evaluate some of the relationships around you that we don't even think about on a day-to-day basis, the relationships we have uh, with work, our neighbors, and our church family even. Um, I'm so excited to have a what I would say at this time, a very ha- very healthy church family, and it's very exciting. But even when things are going well in the church and we're doing good right now as a group, It's never the wrong time to talk about the problems that we have in our hearts and how that affects our relationship with God. We also spent some time evaluating the relationships we have with not only people in our lives, which, by the way, I thought that was an awesome testimony you gave uh, about there are no coincidences. Everybody that's in your life and in my life and the fact that we're here together tonight was on purpose, was God's plan. And we should take that serious and realize there are no coincidences. But we also talked about relationships with things in our life. And we began to talk about the fact that one of the many things we have a relationship in this world is money. And obviously that's where we're going. This is a financial stewardship chapter, but it would be unfair to ourselves if we didn't deal with our heart first when dealing with this relationship. And and discuss how does money fit into our relationship with God. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to really turn to God this last week and ask him to show you that, start to show you that. And if you haven't this last week, I encourage you to start to do that because it's one of those roots. We talked about how strong of a metaphor the root root is and that in Timothy 6. They said the root of all evil, the love of money is the root of all evil. We discussed how strong of an image that is and how powerful roots are, how roots are hidden under the ground, and, and the love of money in our lives isn't always so apparent. It isn't always just us saying we want more money. So if I was going to cut this short right now, I would say this is the week, this is the time to really ask God to peel back and ask and reveal our relationship with money and the things of this world i think we finished up last week right at right where i was cut off at was first timothy six ten. would you mind putting that up again chris as we're teeing up to chapter 11 and dealing with finances and our stewardship those finances we we realize that everything is about our heart. One of the and relationships and one of the relationships we have is money and how serious it is. Um, verse ten, chapter six, verse ten. The, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We establish the first thing as a serious root, but the second part I think we kind of glaze over, erred from the faith, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's where I'm going to pick up, and we'll run with that tonight, and hopefully God can do a work in our hearts with this, with His Word tonight. Let's pray. Please join me. Heavenly Father, we are so humbled by Your love and Your grace in our lives, but Lord yet so excited that all You want is for us to turn towards You and to give ourselves and everything that we are to you. <clears throat> that all of your pro- all, so many and all of your promises hinge on, Lord, just us turning towards you, and that you have such great things planned for each and every one of us. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to come together and another day to choose you. As we discuss your word tonight, Lord, please uh, throw out, erase those things. They're just my words. And, but those things, the truth's, May all the truths that you have for us stick in our hearts and be life-changing tonight. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. To err from the face, to pierce themselves with many sorrows. I think I mentioned it, just started. Error, to make an error, to make a mistake, to wander from the faith. Faith being the base the root of everything that's good in our lives with our relationship with Christ the love of money destroys faith destroys that root of faith in our life and wandering away from the faith i don't think we have to i mean if you guys have some good ideas i don't think we have to use too much imagination to wonder to think about what life the problems that comes along with walking walking away from our faith says through pierce themselves with many sorrows imagery there is pretty strong i think of christ being pierced on the cross you know actually pierced. many sorrows many pangs instant troubles the love of money brings on instant instant pain and sorrow sometimes sometimes very long lasting sorrows long lasting pains decisions we make with our money how we hold money into our heart can affect us for a long time. I don't know if any of you have ever stopped, and I hope after after the next couple weeks we can really take away individually stop and think about the health of our root of faith in our lives. After this, I want I want to dig further than just saying money. The love of money is bad, and we need to move on from it. Yes, the chapter is going to deal with our tithes and our offerings and giving. But as the pastor said so many times, it's not about staying up here and asking for money or getting more money. God's going to take care of this church as long as we are giving our hearts to him and asking him, asking him. It takes work on our part, asking him to reveal these things to us. Another term the Bible uses for the love of money. I've been saying this word so much I might mess it up, but covetousness. That Another term. Another word for the love of money. Anywhere you see the word covetousness in the Bible, you can replace the love of money. The Bible talks very heavily about covetousness. It is the insatiable desire for worldly gain, insatiable, being unable to satisfy, unable to get enough. It's quite an, uh, quite an ugly term, actually. I kind of, I think it's covetousness. Sounds like a larger sin to me than love of money. I don't know about you guys, but just kind of an ugly word altogether. I don't know the last time you guys sat down and had an honest conversation and could say there's really not a single thing I can think of. Most of the time, we can sit around and dream. I can dream of another tool, another something, going somewhere else. I can say usually my conversations are based around something else I wish I had or wish I was doing or what I wanted. Kind of made, it kind of made me realize that uh, the love of money already exists inside of me. The covetousness already exists inside of me. And it, like so many other sins in the flesh, we're already born of these sins. And if I was going to... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Let's do... No, Chris. Uh, I'm not asking you to bring this up. I'm just going to read it. Hebrews 13:5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. And he, for he has said, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee." When I read that verse, I read over covetousness. I was thinking, "Oh, that's bad. You know, that's covet- covetousness leads to so many other sins that oh, I don't have a problem with." Being envious envious of my neighbor. Coveting after other people's stuff. Oh, I don't have that. But if I read in the term of love of money as well, it leads me to realize that, wow, it's both being the same. I think we all struggle with that. I know God has revealed a lot of different ways in which covetousness and love of money sneaks in. And without thinking about it, realize that I, there's a lot of things in this world I'm focused on. My focus is down here on what I want, what I what I think I need. And, and boy, if I only had this and I only had that. Um, which all that really does is just takes away my focus and my time from spending all my focus on God and my relationship with God and the things that grow me and grow my relationship with God. I thought more and more about this scripture. It's not up there, but it says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And I said, well, that's conversation. Is that just the words that come out of your mouth? Is that just the words come out of mouth? No, of, of course not. God already knows that the words coming out of my mouth are rooted in my heart. They're rooted in my heart. They're just not idle words. A lot of times we push them off. It's just idle words. I was just joking. Conversation here dive a little deeper in the meaning of conversation. We say, just let your conversation, okay, so if I just don't say it, I just don't say it, I'm doing pretty good. It's not in my heart as long as I don't say it. But the word conversation is also translated into character. So not only is your conversation what you say, but what you say comes from the root in your heart. The root in your heart is your character, your underlying character. And we can all fool each other pretty well on most given days here. I'm not trying to reveal anything big in my life, and I'm not trying to reveal anything in your guys' lives individually. But I'm hoping that tonight, is a, we walk away with a big challenge of asking God and being honest with ourselves and going to God and asking God to reveal that to you. Because next week, we're going to move on to financial stewardship and that role we have in the church with our finances and how that all works together. But if we come with our heart closed off to that, without an honest evaluation, that you have the love of money in your heart. There are things in this world you covet. The Bible lists many things, warns us not to covet or desire. I had a sad personal thought, thinking over this in my mind, and studying this, and diving in, and... I. I really didn't want to come up here and tell you guys that i have the love of money in my heart and i really didn't want to stand up here and tell you you have the love of money in your heart and god said no it's everywhere it's nothing it's it's not a secret he knows this and i i, I had this thought that made me reflect back and think of all these conversations ever in my life can i think of a conversation i had with a fellow believer and, and christian who you know, professes their faith to god Uh, how many times have i heard a believer say oh next time i win the lot if only i'd win the lottery or the next time i win that big one i've had this conversation oh i should have bought that stock earlier would have really paid off okay and you know those these are honest conversations and a lot of times they're even said in jest and joking but they're my conversation it's what comes out and I, I didn't think too much of it until God asked me and made me think about when's the last time I had a conversation with one of you or fellow believer, and we were sitting there having an honest conversation. He said, Man, if only I had a better relationship with Christ. Oh, if oh, I'd do this better if I just had a better walk with God. Now we can joke on ourselves, and maybe it would be in joking, but I honestly couldn't think of a single time in all my conversations with fellow believers. We can joke about winning the lottery. We can joke about when we hit it big. But when's the last time I even joked about having a better relationship with Christ, much less really meant it? These are words that come out of my mouth. These are words that come out of your mouth. Bible says, let your conversation be without it. Maybe those joking words I say and even are tied to a root that we're not willing to admit we have. God's call to us is the same over and over and over again. And I want tonight to be all about that, turning to God, turning to God and putting the effort into asking Him to show us these things. Most of us have a pretty fair knowledge of the Bible and what God wants from us, but when's the last time we took that step and we turned and asked God? It's painful. It's been a little painful in my life having these things being revealed to me. Luke 12:15, Jesus said, "Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not of the abundance in the things which he possesseth." Yet our focus is so heavily, so heavily on the things that we have and the things that we own. We can't help it. Its reality is we deal with these things all day. We work with our work with our stuff, handle it, but we do it so commonplace and we do it so casually. I found out it's worked its way into my heart. And I don't need you guys to tell me, but I know it's worked away in your heart. And we can't talk about financial stewardship, and we can't talk about tithing, giving more, or doing any of that if our heart's not even in that, close to that place. We have to come to a realization on where our heart's at before we can take that next step on where we should be. crazy hot up here. (laughs) Tell you the truth, it's weighed very heavily on me. Text the pastor, asked him, God has put on my heart, still not chapter 11, but to call us out and saying that we are living in sin with our things. That we are loving our things and protecting our money. But more importantly, now we does the Bible say we're robbing God, but we're robbing ourselves from the things that God wants for us outside of that. And all honestly as I share share this church with you guys, I do I want better for you, I want better for me. As I share my share your sorrows. I'm glad to hear Luke's better. I remember Luke being really sick not too long ago. My wife and I were really sad for that and I mean we didn't reach out necessarily to you but we were praying you know we're to share each other's sorrows I also share I hate to see you struggle I hate to see you struggle in your sin I am the treasure we work together on the budget and all of that and see what a blessing is God just pours in and pours in We we keep growing it's signs of growth in our hearts. But also it also reveals where we're at still as a church, and maybe we haven't taken that full step and given God everything. Where and that really that doesn't mean anything that we need a bigger bank account. That means now my my heart's been affected that maybe all of our hearts together aren't in the right spot. Covetedness, the love of money a major problem in our lives and I'm tired and I've, I've decided with God in my life that I'm not gonna pretend it's just an outside problem that we come in here and we got it right it's everywhere we bring it inside these walls we take it everywhere we go it's kind of like a major sickness a virus going around we're familiar with that but the love of money is powerful and it doesn't have to be in plain sight for it to be there when you made the choice to give your heart to God for those of you that have it, it was not an immediate fix of everything God didn't say you're not going to struggle with anything we don't have to be ashamed that we're struggling with something but we are making a mistake if we don't turn to God and ask him to help help with that he didn't say the love of money yep there now you're saved the love of money has gone you coveting other things in this world the things of this world is gone no every one of you know that we still struggle with things of the flesh and we're going to as long as we're here on, here on this earth and this body. So we should stop ignoring it and face it. It's everywhere. It's a world problem. Kind of makes me sad. So not only is it a world's problem. I don't know. I've said that too many times already tonight that it makes me sad. But this has broken my heart. Money is a big American problem. Real big American problem our founding fathers got a lot of things right but they didn't get everything right when they said wrote the declaration said give me life yeah okay God, that goes along with God He's, God said come to me I'll give you life give you life more abundantly he said give me liberty God wants to set us free for those things that we struggle with he wants to set us free give us a liberty that this world cannot offer but when they said, Give me the, in pursuit of happiness, I can't find anywhere in the Word of God, it says, Come to me, I'll give you happiness. I'll give you things of this world to make you happy. I asked last week, how do we know when we're mature we are reached the level of a mature Christian or mature walk with God? I've been still asking God that and praying about that, and not that I think I, there is a d- definitive answer, but I really felt I came up with an answer in my heart that when I realize that every single day I still have sin I need to give to God, and every single day I need to give myself and ask God to take it all is the first step. As now I'm starting to get close to mature Christian. Something we practice at our house is getting up every day and, and our prayer in the morning when we give thanks, at breakfast or just before, before we start a day, is thank you, God. Not only do we praise him, i taught my children we praise first just because he's worthy, but thank you, God, for giving us another day to choose you. And then we easily say amen and we walk on and the rest of the day we don't choose him. I don't give him my problems. I don't give him the things I deal with. I don't give them these problems in my heart, and I go another day living with it, and I go another day missing out on the blessings that God wants to give us. As long as we walk on this earth, we're going to battle these things. We should stop ignoring it. God is faithful, and he's bigger than all these problems, and he wants better for us. Which leads us a little bit closer to the chapter, and that is, how does our relationship with God get better in regards to our relationship or with money? And as I searched out the Bible, I found one word over and over again, God promises that we can have is contentment. I didn't bring my... Chris, can we get 1 Timothy again up there, please? Chapter 6. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, I'm sorry, verse 6. So, if God is offering contentment, and I'm telling you and offering you that contentment is the first step to getting away from this heart problem of the love of money, we should probably take a little bit of time finding out what contentment is. The world, the lost, everybody in this world is trying to find it to what is contentment 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 but godliness with contentment is great gain there's a mistake that even uh, I mentioned our founding fathers you know they didn't get it all right pursuit of happiness we've really twisted into this pursuit of things in this world it's no longer it's I don't I wasn't there but it's not the consider the pursuit of God should have been life, liberty, and the pursuit of God if we really wanted to lead this country in the right way. But we did, we chose happiness. It, happens, it just seems to be that Americans have done exactly what the Bible warns against, and that is to make the claims that our godliness and our religion of Christianity is what has made us so prosperous, is what's given us so much. The verse before this, I believe, even warns of that. To make the mistake that we have great gain because of our godliness. And that's wrong. That's an error. That's a mistake that God warns us against. But it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So it's not because that we say we're Christians that God blesses us and gives us great things. But God does want to bless us and give us things. But in order to enjoy that godliness or that great gain, we have to have contentment. And contentment was a little bit interesting because, I don't know, what do you guys say contentment is? It seems like a feeling word to me. What is contentment? What, how do you know when you're content in your life? Being content, the definition of contentment is to be satisfied. But what is, that, is that a feeling? I mean, I don't know. How do you, When are you satisfied? Most of us base that on how I feel. I feel satisfied. Everything's going well. My health's pretty good. Didn't have to go to the doctor today. I'm satisfied. Pretty good day. I'm satisfied. Am I really content? What's this contentment that we get with great gain? This leads up the verses. It goes right into, hey, con- contentment and love of money is the root of all evil. It has a lot to do with do with each other. Happiness is often confused with contentment. If you're happy, you must be content. The world is searching for contentment and happiness. but happiness is the state of being more of a, a feeling a pleasure at the moment that we know is fleeting where contentment is a satisfaction that stays alas, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how much money's in the bank account, regardless of how your possessions are piling up or not piling up around you. Contentment is a much more long-term thing. God has placed eternity in our hearts for us to desire that. I hope to share that with you, that let's get rid of these short-term goals. Let's get rid of the short-term happiness. Let's look for the contentment that God wants us to have on a daily basis. Sometimes we look at people that have a lot of possessions and say it's easy for them to be content. But we all know that just as easy for them to be unsatisfied, be unhappy. Contentment happiness are not the same thing. You don't have to be happy to be content. Things don't have to be going perfectly in this world. The job doesn't have to be working out perfectly in order for you to have the joy of Christ and the freedom and the liberty and the life that Christ wants us to have free of the possessions of this world and the, and the money that we have. So how do, I, how do I get contentment? The only way I found is just like everything else with God. I only get it from God. We only get it from God. We can't produce it. We can't make it. We can't get more things. In fact, Chris, would you help me out, I came up with a little formula here. and We're going to talk through it. But anything that comes from God, God says He'll give to us freely if we ask, if we seek Him. So that means putting God first, and giving Him everything that we have in order to gain this contentment. So, you can ask, answer it already for yourself, how much this last week you spent giving everything to God, spending, asking God to, to reveal those things in your heart, how much time you asked God for more of the things of Him. It's probably a pretty good gauge on our level of contentment in the last week. So, my formula here, I'd ask Chris to put up here is worship God, worshiping God equals contentment equals trusting God. And it's a little confusing. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it myself. But like so many things in our life, in order to gain this contentment, we need to first turn to God. We need to worship Him. We need to realize that everything belongs to Him and we need our lives need to be solely centered and focused on Him. Worshiping Him every day, regardless of the balance in our accounts, regardless of our situation, our health, and our status of day-to-day things. Worshiping God for who He is and that He is worthy. We gain contentment out of that. Out of contentment comes trusting God. I think a lot of times money conversations come across of, well, if you just trust God, then everything else will be fine. Then contentment comes. If you just trust God, everything else will be fixed. When there's, I believe there's more to the equation than that. Yes, we need to trust God. Yes, truly trusting God is a state of contentment, but we don't get there without worshiping Him and, and acknowledging that everything we, everything we need comes from Him. God doesn't say we should all be poor. He doesn't say we should have nothing. But he does say we're supposed to be content with our lot in life. And he gives us all different amounts for different reasons. And our lots sometimes are more than others. Sometimes we have more than our neighbors. And sometimes our neighbors have more than us. And then he warns, don't envy or covet your neighbor's stuff. I've even realized that sometimes coveting, maybe, a question I'm throwing out here to you is, can coveting look like not me just wishing I had what my neighbor had, but maybe wishing they had less, maybe being being upset when I see them have more or gain more, and I'm not and I don't get any. Obviously, that's a, reveals we're not content with what we have. Accepting our lot in life, as in the amount of possessions and things God God entrusts to us, can be very challenging. And it seems like the less we have, maybe it's even more challenging. But I, the Bible is very clear that the rich are the ones who are going to struggle the most. The rich are the ones. Jesus gave parables about it. Paul talks about it. The rich will struggle, be tempted have with sin and other issues. So before we, we, we start blaming saying saying the, the wealthy have it better and easier to be content, we're fooling ourselves. We shouldn't even begin to wish for that for ourselves. But accepting our lot in life, I think, starts with just being thankful and realizing that everything you have is a good gift from God. And by not being content, we're turning to God and telling Him, I'm not thankful, I don't like what you've given me, I'm not happy with this. But if we all, as Christians, have already come to realize, yes, we need Jesus as our Savior, why is it that we struggle with asking God, why don't I have more? Why do we struggle in asking God, I just need this? God, what am I doing wrong? I want that. When he wants us to be content. And so being content, I believe, starts at being thankful for everything you have. Realizing that every, if it's just two things, a little tiny bank account, and maybe a skateboard. you know If that's all you have, that's what God's given you. That's his good gift to you. And why would we spit on it? Why would we turn away and... I wish I had a better car. I wish I had more money in the bank. Now, I'll save that for later. But contentment starts being with thankful for everything. Thankful for everything that we have. I told you I'd struggle. It's a good spot to stop here, but I know we have a business meeting tonight. And I want to make sure we get to that. Always money. Always got to talk about money. It's everywhere. So, I told you last week we'd get into the chapter eventually. And start going through those words. And I appreciate you guys being patient with me and not getting there. And next week we will. I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and close up my thoughts here. But my thoughts, it's not so much my thoughts, it was a challenge to you guys. You're missing out. You're missing out by not asking for God's, by not starting by worshiping God on a daily basis, by not Trusting God on a daily basis and giving it to Him. Realizing that every little thing you have around you is a good gift from Him and being thankful for that. readjust, redirects your heart and in regards to your relationship with your possessions. Because we can hate our possessions. We can be resentful. We can be upset and therefore miss out on contentment. So next week we're going to dive into financial stewardship and everything that the book guides us through and that the Bible guides us through in financial stewardship, I really want to challenge you to come back next week giving a, an honest, not only evaluation of yourself, but an honest attempt at giving everything to God this week. Asking Him to reveal that, those areas in which we love the things of this earth that affect our relationship with Him. I know you guys have talked a little bit about it, but I don't remember your exact I'll call it formula. start with if i'm if I have no nothing else, he's worthy of it. but i I also have an opportunity to be a child of God. so the next thing I do is ask for forgiveness for the things that I've done and the things that are separating. I want the Holy Spirit to work in my life and God to speak to me, and I want to hear hear from God. So I ask Him to forgive me of those things. But then, there's those things that we'd be naive to say that we have sin in our life that we don't aren't fully aware of. I think love of money, our relationship with money, and our possessions is one of those that are very sneaky. And I ask God to reveal those things. Okay, I don't have to. I, I can't think of anything. I didn't tell you I love money today, so God, I don't need to ask God to forgive me for that but to very earnestly ask God this week to show you where your heart sits with your possessions and with your money and your bank accounts. Hopefully you're not as broken as I am when I find out how I thought about it. But I think only then, when our heart's in that position, can we talk about financial stewardship. Otherwise, we'd just be reading through a chapter and you guys would turn the page next, and I don't think we'd get much from it. So I end tonight with just that challenge. Seek God, ask him to reveal that, and don't worry, we'll get into asking for your money in a couple weeks. Okay? <laughs>